Good morning and welcome to this week's Wednesday Reflection from St Anne's Church in Egberth. A few weeks ago I read Psalm 121 at the start of our Sunday service. You might remember it, it's the one about mountains and lifting our eyes up and looking at God. But there's one phrase I've been wrestling with since then. I'll read it again to remind you of the whole psalm. It's Psalm 121 and I'll read it from the NIV. It's entitled, A Song of Ascents. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Well, the bit I've been wrestling with is at the start of verse three. He will not let your foot slip. You see, here's the thing. Two years ago, I had to wear one of these delightful boots. You might remember me on crutches wobbling up and down the aisle to and from church. You see, one Friday afternoon, I was bringing bags in from the car. I was going up and down the steps at my front door. I was going sideways. And as I set my left foot down on one step, it slipped off the step. I can still remember the noise, something between a crack and a pop, and I can still remember the pain. I think I bit down quite hard on my finger like this. And I can still remember my first thought. I don't want to break my ankle. As if that desire would somehow undo it and I wouldn't have any problems. I think I was due to fly to Northern Ireland only two days later. Well, when I made it to A&E and that evening saw the x-ray, sure enough, the edge of one of my bones around my ankle, it looked a bit fuzzy. Not the nice sharp distinction you'd normally like to see on an x-ray. See, it turned out that that pop sound was ligament pulling away from my bone and bringing some of it with it. So here's the thing. Verse three of Psalm 121 begins with these words. He will not let your foot slip. But my foot did slip. It led to lasting damage. My ankle still doesn't bend as much as it used to, even after months of physiotherapy. He will not let your foot slip, but mine did. As Christians, what are we to make of these Bible passages that speak of protection when we know that bad things do happen to Christians? You see, let's face it, Christians aren't immune from trouble or problems. Some Christians face terrible things, persecution, torture, even execution, all because they trust Jesus. Christians still die in accidents, still receive terminal diagnoses, are still victims of injustice, even though they trust Jesus. So what are we to make of this psalm? Are we to downplay our suffering, try and pretend it didn't really happen or it's not as bad as it feels? Or are we to doubt that maybe, maybe God didn't promise to protect us after all? Maybe we're mistaken. Maybe it's not so full of hope as we'd, well, as we'd hoped. Well, instead, let's take a fresh look 
at what it does say in this psalm. I'm going to begin with verses 1 and 2 and we'll look at the verses in order. So verses 1 and 2 again. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. See, this psalm begins with a question. Where does the songwriter's hope come from? Well, his answer is simply the Lord. The Lord God is their hope. And why? Well, because he is the creator of heaven and earth, the creator of everything. You see, who could be better at helping than the one who created everything in the first place? Than the one who is bigger than everything in this world? Than the one who is not limited by this world because he created it? God the creator, only he is able to help in any and every situation. God is able. Then verses three and four, he will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. God watches over us. Unlike the best security guard or nurse on night duty, he never gets sleepy. He never needs to take a nap. He'll never miss anything because he never gets drowsy. God is not limited like we are. God doesn't get tired. He doesn't miss a thing. He knows everything that goes on. In fact, five times in this psalm, it says he will watch over us. So verses five and six. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. God is like a protective shade. See, the sun can really harm us, can't it? Sunburn, heat stroke, even drought. Very real ways that people can suffer and even die. And the moon at night, well, I'm not quite sure what that means. It might be that it's something a bit more imaginary. But whether we have real or imaginary fears, God is able to protect us from them. See, the sun and the moon, what are they but objects designed and created by God? And then there's those final two verses. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. See, God can keep us from all harm. He can do this now and forever. They're great verses, aren't they? Apart from that lingering doubt. They're great, but... But what about all those times we haven't been kept from harm? When we've ended up with broken bones, when we've suffered heat stroke, or when we've been attacked, when we've suffered from a terrible disease, when we've been rejected by family, when we've been slandered, when we've lost our job, when a member of our family has died suddenly, when we lose a child, when we're in the depths of mental illness. What about them? Well, if I could return to the trivial example of my broken ankle again. When I broke my ankle, it was very sore and it was also very disruptive. I can remember once making a cup of tea in the kitchen and then realizing that with needing both hands for my crutches, I had no way to carry the cross to the table. And although I did make it onto the flight two days later, well, I had to be pushed around John Lennon Airport in the wheelchair while everyone stared at me. 
But in the midst of this pain and frustration, it never once felt like God had abandoned me. Although my foot had physically literally slipped, it never felt like I'd slipped from God. Never once did it feel like God had turned his back on me. Never did I feel like he had rejected me. Yes, I was still blessed and encouraged when I read God's word, when I prayed to him, when I met up with him, sorry, when I met up with other Christians. See, here's the thing. Harm, well, it isn't a word I would use to describe that experience. I go as far as to say that when I broke my ankle, God was continuing to keep me from harm, even using that experience to draw me closer to him. And that's been my experience in other difficult times. When my family broke up when I was still a kid, when Liz and I have gone through two miscarriages, when I got unwell and had to take several months off work a few years ago. You see, these experiences were tremendously difficult and there have been some lasting effects on me from each of them. But even in these terrible times, I still sensed that God was watching over me, still keeping me from harm. You see, there's more to life than just physical and emotional harm. Did you notice the end of verse eight? It says this, the Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Now and forevermore. God promises to keep us from harm, both now and forevermore. Evermore. You see, evermore includes all the time in the future, even after we're dead and buried. This psalm is speaking about more than just physical harm, because it's speaking about more than just our physical lives. And that raises the question, how can the Lord protect us after we've died? Isn't death the ultimate harm? Well, let's rewind a little bit. You might have noticed at the very start of Psalm 121, there's a little subtitle. It's in the original Hebrew and it says this, a song of ascents. You see, this was one of the songs that people would sing as they went up to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built on some high mountains. You might have heard of Mount Zion, Mount Moriah, the Temple Mount. And people would sing as they made their pilgrimage up to Jerusalem for these important festivals there. And as they went up the roads, they would see these mountains ahead of them with the city and the temple on top. And as they looked at them, and as they asked the question, where does my help come from? Well, they would be reminded that God is the one who helps them. Because God had chosen these hills for his holy city and for his temple where he met with his people. Jerusalem reminded the people of their God and that he would meet with them and that he would protect them. But there's something else about these mountains of Jerusalem. 2000 years ago, they were the focal point of God's plan of salvation. You see, one of those peaks goes by the name Golgotha or Calvary. And 2000 years ago, three crosses were erected on top of this peak. And on the middle cross, Jesus of Nazareth was crucified. And as he hung there, his life drained from him. And as he took his final breath, the sky went dark 
and the temple curtain was torn in two and Jesus cried out, it is finished. You see, Jesus died because he took all the harm of our sin on himself. All the harm that we deserve, he experienced. And because of it, he died. The son of God actually died. He died for us. But of course, that's not the end of it. Even sin couldn't harm Jesus totally. And three days later, he rose again from the dead. He came back to life and he lives forevermore. And because of him, we can live forevermore as well. So if I could rephrase verse one, I lift my eyes to those mountains. They remind me where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord Jesus, the maker of heaven and earth. Hebrews chapter 13 verses five and six in the New Testament phrases it like this. God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? See, mere mortals can make our life feel like hell, but no one can pull us away from Jesus. No one and nothing can cause us lasting damage in eternity if we trust in Jesus. We've got the creator of heaven and earth watching over us. He doesn't sleep or get distracted. Nothing in all creation can separate us from him. So those final verses again, even in the midst of difficulties in life, the Lord says, and he promises, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. Well, let's pray. Heavenly Father, you know better than any of us that life isn't easy. Your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, went through terrible, terrible things and all because of us and all for us. So Father, we thank you that as we lift our eyes to those mountains of Jerusalem where Jesus died as he was crucified on that hill for us, we thank you, Father, that because of that, we know that you will not forsake us, that you will not leave us, that our help comes from you, the maker of heaven and earth. Father, we thank you so much that you're on our side, that you promise to look after us. And Father, we thank you that when life is difficult, that these words, these promises are a great source of encouragement that you do not disown us or forsake us, that you are there with us, caring for us. Even if it doesn't feel like it, you are still there. So Father, we thank you for those things. We thank you, Lord, for your promise in this psalm. And we praise you and we bless you because of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for joining us again for this Wednesday Reflection. Take care and see you soon. God bless.